Amen. Uh, we talked about, I love my church, so I will pray for my church. I will support my church. I will serve in my church. And I want you to open your Bibles to the book of Luke. Amen. Luke chapter 9. And I just want to look at this pericope of Scripture. This is a pericope. New Testament is pericope. You hear preachers say the pericope in the Old Testament. Amen. Open your Bible to Luke chapter 9, and we're going to look at verse 57, from 57 to 61. And as they were going along the road, everything happens on the road. Someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. (laughs) Amen. Uh, Jesus said to him, the foxes have holes, the birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Jesus reflected back to his birth. There was no room for Jesus. Verse 59. And he said to, and, and he, he said to another, follow me. Now I'm going to read it one more time. Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and the birds of the air have what? Nests. But the son of man have nowhere to lay his head. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, I got something to do. Permit me first to go and bury my father. And he said to him, allow the dead to bury the dead, dead, their own dead. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, permit me to say goodbye to those at home. He had no intentions of coming back. But Jesus said to him, no one after putting his hand to the plow. And looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. Why do we keep looking back? I want to talk about this morning. I love my church part four, but I will follow Jesus for the right reason. I will follow. I love my church. But I'm going to follow Jesus, not the church. I'm going to follow Jesus for the right reason. Amen. Turn to your name and say, neighbor, no looking back. Amen. 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 I love my church. Amen. I will follow Jesus. For the right reasons. I'm not sure. What Jesus has done for you. Amen. I'm not sure. But I am sure of what he's done for me. Amen. We all have an individual. Amen. Testimony. We've all had an individual encounter with Jesus. Am I right about it? Amen. Uh, But when I look over my life, I can truly say that Jesus has been great to me. Not good, but he's been great 
to me. Do I have a witness? Do I have anybody here this morning who can testify? Amen. That Jesus has been great to you. And I'm talking about you know that it wasn't nobody. Because if it had been anybody else, come on somebody. Amen. You, you wouldn't be here this morning. You wouldn't be in this church house this morning. Because you can say that it was Jesus, come on somebody, that changed your life. Do I have anybody? When it comes down to the church, you have to decide though who you're going to follow. See, a lot of people come to church and they commit to church for different reasons. Some come because of their families. Amen. Some come because of friends. Some come because the particular pastor is preaching or particular preacher is preaching that Sunday morning. Amen. Some come because of their children and some come because of their husband or wife. We all came to church or we're all part of a church for a particular reason. The question is, what is your reason? Why have you committed to the church? And if you have not committed to the church and if you have not committed to Jesus, the question is, what are you waiting for? We became part of the church, first of all, for what reason? What's the reason? We came we, and we come to church every week to learn. Am I right about it? We come to learn what it really means to live for Jesus. We come to learn how to get along and how to have and have fellowship and build friendships and amen and carry out what, with the great commission, which is to win souls to Jesus. Is that, is that why we come? I mean, I, I know that it's changed today. I know that today in the postmodern day that some people come to church, amen, just to get, a, get, get their fix or, or amen, or something is going bad in their lives. So they treat it as if, you know, let me get myself back right. And then when I get myself back right, I go back to doing what I, come on, help me somebody. I, I know that we all have different motives. I know we have meaning. I know, amen, we came for a particular message. But my question to you today, amen, is why are you following Jesus? Amen. Amen. And, and, and I believe that if, if the motive is to follow Jesus, then you're, you're going to understand that people are going to let you down. Amen. You're going to understand that Satan is definitely going to come after you. Amen. How many after you committed, amen, Satan just showed up and he, come on somebody, and he tried to just destroy you. And every time you make a decision to follow Jesus, it seems as if, amen, the enemy just keeps coming your way. And somebody here this morning, I want to tell you something. That's a good sign. It means that you're on the right road, heading in the right direction, but you got to make sure that you're following Jesus and not the pastor. Are you with me? You obey your pastor, you follow Jesus. <laughs> Amen. 
And so what happens is a lot of people get distorted, amen, in their reasoning for coming to church. You know, listen, I, I remember, I remember when I got saved and I remember that, that my, my, my real reasoning is that I look to my pastor because I'm like, man, this man saved my life. But you know what he taught me? He taught me that, son, you, you got to look at me, but I'm going to move out the way a little bit so that you can see Jesus. Do I have somebody? And can I tell somebody something? When you see Jesus for yourself, what, I'm trying to help somebody. Listen, when you see Jesus for yourself, you'll understand that he is a way maker. Amen. That he is a miracle worker. Amen. That he can make a way out of no way. That he can calm your fears. That he can be with you when you leave church. Amen. That he's there. Amen. Wherever you are, he's there with you. See, what my pastor helped me with is to understand that this is, and I've heard someone said this, this is an individual journey. Paul says that we ought to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what Paul says. Amen. And so I, I really love this church. I really love this church. But if I love this church, I got to follow Jesus. Tell your neighbor for the right reasons. For the right reasons. And in our passage today, I find that there are three different people. There are four people, but there are really three people in the text, right? And, and it's amazing because some of us may find ourselves in one of these people. <laughs> Amen. It all began in chapter 46. You know, can I, can I tell you something? Jesus is on his way to the cross. And what Jesus was doing here, he was preparing his disciples to take over. He was preparing his boys, amen, to take over the operation, right? He's like, come on, y'all, y'all got to get this. So he sends them out, amen, to go out and he gave them authority. Listen, just imagine this, that you and I have the same power. Come on, somebody. I'm saying one more time because he says the things that you see now, greater works will they do in my name. And so if we have the power to do greater works than what the disciples did, did why aren't we doing it? Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Amen. And so watch this now. So, so Jesus sends them out. He sends the disciples out. Look at verse 46 for me. Look at verse 46 real quick. Just back up to verse 46. And, and, and see, this is what happens when you get in church. Amen. When, when one person starts thinking they got this thing. See, they, they misunderstood Jesus' mission, right? They were following him, but I don't believe they were, I believe they were following him, but I believe to some degree that the reason for them following him was, was, wasn't right. They were following him because they thought that he was coming to set up a kingdom on earth when he wasn't thinking earthly, he was thinking heavenly. 
See, the church, the Bible says that Jesus is coming back for the church. He ain't coming back for this building. He's coming back for us. And can I break some good news? Can I break some news to some of you? Amen. We are the church. (laughs) Amen. Whether you believe it or not, we are the church. And we are individual members of the church. And this is why it's so important for you to serve because if you're not in position, then we will be out of sync. God has a particular purpose for the Vision Church. And if you don't show up on your post, then who's going to do your job? And you say, well, I ain't got no job. I just want to show up and hear a word. When did that start happening? With the mega church movement. You know what I mean? When you just show up to church, get a word, and you're gone. It used to be that we would find something. Y'all follow me? Something to do. Amen. There's always something to do. I told you last week that only 20, 20% of the people are doing eight, 100% of the job, while the other 80% are just watching, benefiting. Amen. Verse 46, we have a problem here. He says, and the argument, notice this. There is an argument that began about church folk. You know, this church folk argument. Told you last week, don't be surprised what happens in church, okay? An argument started about uh, among them as to which one of them might be the what? Come on, y'all. What is wrong with y'all? Amen. Watch what he said. But Jesus knowing what they were thinking. I love that. Can, can I help you with something? Jesus knows what you're thinking right now. I love Jesus. You know why? Because he knows my thoughts. And listen, if he knew what they were thinking, do you not know that he knows what you think every time you come to church? Do you not know that he knows what you think? Amen. Every moment of your life. He says, he says he knew what they were thinking in their heart. So he took a child and stood him by him, his side and said to them, whoever receives this child in my name receives me. And whosoever receives me receives him who sent me. For the one who is least among all of you, this is the one who is great. Jesus is changing the rules, y'all. He's saying it's not the one who can speak real good. It's not the one who sounds good on the stage. It's not the one who can sing and mesmerize you. He said, I ain't the one. He says the one that's the least among us, that's the greatest among us. And you know what happens to us in church sometimes? Sometimes we overlook people. Amen. They, They don't look like they got it together. They don't look like they can do what you do. You understand what I'm saying? And that's the kind of stuff that happened to church. But I thank God that that doesn't happen here. Amen. I thank God that he's a God of a second chance. I thank God that even when I didn't see myself fit to, for the kingdom of God, God says, don't you worry about your skills. I got you. Amen. Watch what happens next. He says, John answered and said to him, verse 49, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. Watch this. This is where they went thug on Jesus. Watch him, watch him, watch him, watch. These disciples, I promise you, they were colored. I promise you. Amen. They went 
thug. Amen. On Jesus. Watch the text. Text says, Jesus answered, look what he said. Look what he said. Jesus answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name. Watch this. And we tried to prevent them. What you think, what you think they said to the one who was trying to cast out demons in, you think, brother, uh, would you please stop? Nah. Tell your neighbor they went thug. <laughs> Amen. It's a thug life. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Amen. Watch, watch the text. It's in the text. Te- everything is in the Bible, y'all. Watch what he said. He, he said, they pres- pre- and we tried to prevent him, uh, and he does not follow along with us. So, so we find out that they didn't win that fight, right? Look what he says in verse, look at, but look at Jesus. Man, listen, if you understand who Jesus is, you can live this life, y'all. But Jesus said to him, don't hinder him. For he who is not what? is for you. See, sometimes we make up stuff in our minds just because a person is not doing the things that you want them to do doesn't mean they're against you. They may imitate you, amen, but they ain't bothered about you. So they got thug. Now watch this. Now watch how the thug got deep. Watch, keep reading, 51. When the days were approaching from the ascension, he was determined to go to Jerusalem, heading to Jerusalem, and he sent messengers ahead of him, and they went and entered the village of the Samaritans to make arrangement for him. But they did not receive him. Can you imagine? Now, remember this. The Samaritans and the Jews, there's been a struggle between them forever. So, so watch this. They wouldn't even receive Jesus. Can I ask somebody something this morning? Amen. Are you rejecting Jesus? Maybe that's the reason why you can't follow him. Maybe you've allowed your personal prejudices, come on somebody, your past mishaps, your church hurts, amen, what you saw Pookie and Ray Ray them did, amen, and now you don't want to go back to church because you got a problem with what you saw, but I want to tell you something, prejudice will keep you away from going to heaven. Are you with me? He says... Watch what he says. He said to them, he said, uh, verse 51, 52, he said, he said, the Samaritans, he says, uh, he sent them, made arrangement, verse 53, but they did not receive him because he was traveling towards what? Jerusalem. Verse 54. And when his disciples, James, watch this thug, watch this, watch the thug in them. Watch the thug in them, y'all. Disciples, James and John saw this. They said, Lord, do you want us to command fire? Tell your neighbor, that's thug. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. Hold on. See, that's how we think, right? This is how we think. If they're not with us, we they don't belong in this church. Come on, y'all. Come on, y'all. And then we got some prejudices in us, in all of us. Amen. We got some mishaps in all of us. We got some preferences in us. Now, I don't like that kind of people. So guess what? We won't even invite them to church. 
But but they said, Jesus, command. Do you want us to command what? These are church folks. I mean, seriously, these are church folks. I'm going to say it one more time. These are church folks. Can I ask you a question? Do you wish harm on somebody? I mean, do I'm just saying, watch the text. This, he said, do you want fire to come down from heaven and consume? Do you, are you serious? Verse 55. But he turned and said to them, he turned and what did he do? He rebuked them. He said, what is wrong with y'all? Hold on a minute. And can I help somebody with something? Sometimes when you come to church, you don't bring the right spirit. And sometimes you need a little rebuking. We need to rebuke that spirit out of you. Because that spirit been in you a long time. But I thank God you came to the right place to be rebuked. And if you feel a little uncomfortable, amen, in the house of God, it ain't the man of God, it's the word of God. And it's God knowing what needs to be rebuked in you. Hello, somebody. He rebuked them and said, you do not know what kind of spirit you are of. Look what it says, verse 56. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives. Listen, you're part of a church that will build your life, not destroy your life. You didn't come here for that. God, Jesus loves you and he wants to build your life. He doesn't want to destroy you. But if you feel bad, the question is, what kind of spirit's in you? Maybe Jesus is rebuking that bad spirit that has crept up in you. Tell your neighbor, it's time to get that thing out. It's, shoot, it's, you tell your neighbor, we got to get the thug out. We got to get the thug spirit out. These boys went thug on Jesus, man. Like, yo, do you want us to kill him? What, what, what? <laughs> you see the mentality the disciples had? The disciples are no different than us. We think like this sometimes. We may not think that you scream, let's kill him. Amen. But what I'm saying is we have these thoughts that go through our minds at times in church. And it's a spirit that has crept. Are you saved? Amen. You all that. You sanctified too. And can pray. But you want to you wanna call down fire? <laughs> because some folk wouldn't let you stay at their house? Bruh. <laughs> That's thug. A to the men. That's that's what we're gonna say right there. All right. Now, now what Jesus did now, now this is where you gotta understand the text, right? Jesus now shows them what it really means to follow him. But even in showing them that, Jesus shows us, and Luke records this to show us that. All of us in this room today, in this church, are following Jesus for some reason. 
And the question I have for you today is why are you following? What's your motive? And so we get to verse 57. And as they were going along the road, A <laughs> to the men. All right. I want to point something out to you. Um, sometimes life can become real difficult for us. We have all kinds of problems, financial problems, relational problems, emotional problems, mental problems, shoot, problems upon problems, right? And, 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 and so we think, well, if I go to church, y'all hear me? Y'all hear me, right? Maybe it'll get better. Matter of fact, I tried that before it got better, so I'm going to go back. Because, watch it, the truth be told, I see you coming back. <laughs> so that means something is working. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you're just showing up here every week because, you know, because, you know, I can preach good or whatever. You know what I mean? I, you know, I don't think that. I mean, I'm, I'm, but I know you're coming back for a reason. Telling them everybody got a reason. So watch the text. He's going along his business. They heading to Jerusalem, right? And someone said, "Hey, Jesus, what's up?" He said, "I'll follow you." Now I'm just saying, watch what he says. He says, "I will follow you where." Pastor, I ain't never going to leave this church. They been gone. <laughs> Matter of fact, it's been 15 years. I ain't 16 years. I ain't even see them. And we ain't been open 16 years. They been gone. He says, I'll follow you where? So the question I have for you, right? If you're going to follow Jesus, are you willing to go wherever I'm going to say it one more time. Wherever he wants you to go. Write that down somewhere. I, I'm, I'm just, yeah. I know, I know you got a computer brain, you know. Are you willing to follow him? See, here's the thing. If you're going to, if you're, listen, I know you want your problems to be fixed. I get it. But see, if you're going to follow him, you got to make up your mind that you're all in. Either you're all in or you're all out. And are you willing to go wherever? Listen, wherever. See? Look what he says. He said, I'm willing to go wherever you, I'll follow you wherever you go. Look at verse 58. Watch Jesus' response. Now, you know what I love about Jesus? Remember what it said earlier, right? And Jesus knew what was on their hearts, right? You got that? Remember the context? Jesus knew what was there. Watch how Jesus responds. Jesus responds. Jesus said, Jesus said to him, hey, man, uh, foxes have holes. Now, what was that all about? You've heard this before, right? Uh, birds of the air have what? But the son of man. See, a lot of people think that when they come to Jesus, everything's going to be all good. Jesus said, I ain't got no place to live. Matter of fact, look, look what just happened to me. The Samaritans just told me 
I can't even stay in their house, in their city. It would be easy to go through the Samaria to get to Jerusalem, but now I got to go around because they don't want nothing to do with me. See? Jesus said, I know you want to follow me, but some people follow. Give me the first point. I got to go. Some follow for creature comforts. Some follow because they feel like if I follow Jesus, man, everything, man, listen, we're going to be all right. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be great. Jesus said, ah, you're going to be great. You're going to struggle. You're going to get your rent on the 32nd of the month. <laughs> y'all ain't, y'all missed that. Yeah. Your bill's going to say, come back later. <laughs> Y'all ain't trying to hit me. Amen. Your bank account going to be in the double negative. Amen. He said, you want to follow me? He said, listen, why are you following? Is it for creature comforts? Because creature comforts ain't going to get you. Listen, 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 listen. Watch this. When he says, I will follow you, in the Greek, you ready for this? You ready for this? This is going to blow your mind. No, maybe not. It's in the future tense. Lord have mercy. There's a present tense and there's a future tense, okay? This is in the what? So what does that mean? He was trying to make a promise that he was never really going to keep. And that's the reason why Jesus responded back and said, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man got it. So if you think you're going to follow me because your life going to get better, because you're going to get a new house, you're going to get a new car, eh, wrong. So let me just enlighten you because I know your heart. I know why you're here. So because I know why you're in the house, guess what? <laughs> let me break some news to you so you ain't got to waste no time taking up more seat. We got more seat than people. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So you might as well just get real with yourself right now. Why play around with it? When you could get real with it now, today. Talk about today. Creature, tell your neighbor creature comforts. But watch this though. Watch, watch, watch something about the creature comforts. Listen to this. Listen to this. Listen to this. He volunteered. <laughs> Amen. I follow. Amen. He, he threw himself in it. Like, yeah, we finna do this. Because he heard somebody saying, man, ever since I've been following Jesus, man, you see the car I got? See how things are working out? That ain't, that ain't how that works, y'all. The devil would fool you. And he'll get you thinking that because I'm following Jesus, I got all these creature comforts. God's going to give you some creature comforts after you've been tested. That number one, you can follow. That number two, you can serve. That number three, you can sacrifice. That number four, you don't care about yourself, so you're selfless. Oh yeah. That's how it works. 
Look what he goes on to say, all right? So first thing is what? Creature comforts. <laughs> Jesus said to another what? Now, he enlists that person. He recruited that person, right? First one was a volunteer, right? Now he goes out and, he, and this guy is like, hey, come follow me. What the guy say? We know it's a guy because he says he. Brothers, man. <laughs> it's hard to get some brothers in church, boy. But he said, Lord, permit me first to go and do what? But he said to him, allow the what? Dead to bury what? But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere the what? You ready for another shocker? His daddy wasn't dead yet. And we don't even know what kind of health he was in. So in other words... He really had no commitment. He was going back home to wait for his daddy to die. Lord have mercy, y'all ain't trying to hear me. Watch this. He Listen, his daddy hadn't died yet. And we don't know whether his daddy was 30. <laughs> Amen. We don't know whether he was 50. <laughs> you find what I'm saying? But he was, go, he was going back home. See, if you're going to follow Jesus, you got to do it now. You got to stop playing with this thing, man. Just do it. You just got to do it. You see what I'm saying? Because here's the thing. I don't know what you're waiting for. So not only is it creature comforts, but next thing is what? Carnal concerns. What do I mean by carnal concerns? The world, the flesh, pleasures. Amen. The priority, he says, go and proclaim the kingdom of God. But here's the thing. Here's the deep thing. He had no intentions of coming back. Is that how you are? Is that what, that's what's going on with you? You're going to come for a minute until things work out. And then you're going to be like, Let, I, I'm finna go wait. Uh, uh, you know, my, my, my daddy's, uh, let me, <laughs> You know what's interesting about Jesus, right? Here's how cold, here's, here's, how, here's what Jesus believes about family. Jesus wants you to love your family, right? Seriously, he wants you to love, he wants you to be madly in love with your family. But he does not want you to idolize your family. You, you with me? He wants you to take care of your family. But he wants first place. He doesn't want second place. So this is what he says in Matthew 12, right? Jesus' mother and brother and sister came to him, right? And they were name dropping. They were like, yo, tell Jesus, man, that we out here. You know, I'm his brother. I'm his brother. You know, up north, you know what I mean? (laughs) Y'all ain't caught that. Yeah, come on, y'all. I'm his brother. You know what I mean? And so he was like, yeah, that's my brother. You know what I mean? My sister and my, and what they call my, my tea lady, right? You know what I mean? She out there. Jesus, this Jesus response in Matthew 12, 48. Jesus said, answered the one who was telling him, who is my mother and who is my brothers? And stretching out his hand towards his disciples. He said, behold, my mother and my brothers. 
For whosoever does the will of my Father who is in heaven, he is my mother and my brothers. Jesus said, it ain't your tea lady. Amen. He says it's the one. See, we think blood is thicker than anything else. But in Jesus' eyes, if you serving together, we family. See, that's why I can show up and stay seven, eight hours in the hospital and be cool with that. That's why when something is wrong with you, I show up because we're real family. See what I'm saying? That's what makes us family. Amen. Amen. Because some of them blood family you got, you ain't going to see them in heaven. They don't want nothing to do with Jesus. They didn't even come to church today. Y'all ain't trying to hear me. Jesus says, you concerned about your father, but your father ain't dead yet. And here's the other thing. Here's the other thing I want to tell you. Let them dead folk handle the dead folk while you come follow live folk. Dead people doing dead things. Amen. Getting drunk all night. Getting high. You find what I'm saying? Let dead folk handle their business, but you come follow me. Follow me. And then when you follow me, hopefully they will follow you to the kingdom. Your whole family can get saved if you live right. Your your kids won't think that this church thing is just a thing. Your your amen. Your kids won't but won't just look at you and say, "Oh, so that's what Jesus look. That's what it means to be a Christian." I don't want that. Shoot for what? Let me hurry up. I'm over time. Look what it says in verse sixty one. Another said, another said I, I'll follow you. But look what he said. But he says, but first, permit me to go, to go and say goodbye to those. You know what? You know what the text suggests again? What does it suggest? He had no intentions on what? So what's my next point? Not only is it carnal, what do we have? We have what? Creature comforts? Carnal concerns? I'm sorry, creature comforts. That, that's number three. Oh, yeah. Cares of what? Man, listen. He want to say goodbye. He want to go back to the party. You know how we pause from our Christian life in the summer? But come September, we are all in. <laughs> Shoot, where you want me, Pastor? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, yeah, all the partying over, and creature comforts, yeah, cares in the world. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. First, let me go handle. I got the show. I'm the DJ. <laughs> I said I was gonna bring a six pack. <laughs> I'm over the bar. Come on now. Shoot. <laughs> Come on, y'all. I want to go home and say goodbye, but he wasn't come back. 
And it's crazy that sometimes I see people come to church on Sunday and I know they ain't coming back. I know it with all my heart. I feel it in my spirit. I say, yep, they're going to bartend next week. (laughs) The cares of this world. What you got to go say goodbye for? They'll see you again. You didn't join a cult. <laughs> you just drove up the Plum Street. <laughs> and if you stay consistent with that every week, how can you watch your husband get up or your wife get up and get ready for church and watch them walk out the door and say bye? And you so concerned about God. Baby, let me tell you something. That marriage won't work work without God. Them kids won't graduate school without God. Come on, somebody. I know you want to say goodbye. I get it. But why can't you say goodbye after church? I'm just just asking. (laughs) But look what Jesus said in 62. Jesus said to him, no one after what? Listen, listen, from the moment you say you're a follower of Jesus, you done put your hand to the plow. But watch this. No one put his hand to the plow, right? And doing what? All right, so let's see if I can illustrate. Let me see. Come here, Alonzo. Let me use Alonzo as my illustration. Now, you be the plower, right? I'll be the plower, right? And I want you to close your eyes. All right, and I'm looking back. Now, I'm going to hold you. And when your life, watch this, you're following Jesus, but you watch this, you're leading your whole family, right? Come on, somebody. You're leading your family, you're leading your kids, and y'all running into stuff. Because you want Jesus, and you want the kids of the world, you want creature comforts, and what's the first one? Carnal concerns. You can't follow Jesus and keep looking back. Either you want them or you don't. Am I right about it? So the last point is you got to be a what? A committed follower. Listen, preseason is here. The preseason is a time when teams give prospects, prospects, the opportunity to play in a game in order to evaluate their potential. Since practices are usually slower and consist only of one's teammates, putting prospects into the game gives team officials a chance to see, come on somebody, to see them perform against a true opponent at game speed. When you put your hand to the plow, preseason is over. Amen. And it's time to play. On September 8th, the NFL will begin its regular season. And right now, fans are excited to see what their teams will do this year. The anticipation, the trades, the new rookies, the amen, and the hard work, amen, 
will, will show on the field. But as a fan, we don't see all that goes on, but we know that we're going to follow our team no matter if they win or lose. As a fan, we buy new t-shirts, cups, and bumper stickers, and amen. everyone will know you're a fan because you represent your team by wearing their colors and logo. Amen. There, there are some who will become bandwagon fans, though. Amen. On your team because they're winning, like the Patriots. It's no different with the church. We, we have to represent, we have to promote, and we have to show that we are followers, not just fans. I wish I had somebody. That we're followers and not just fans. This team has a logo. It's the cross. This team has a head coach and his name is Jesus. This team, amen, never had a losing season. Hello, somebody. This team has never lost a game. And if you want to be part of this team, come on, somebody. You got to follow and not just be a fan. Give God a hand clap of praise.